What's good? What's good? This is Hector Oliveira, and I'm with the man always on a mission to find nutrition, the Lion of the Islands, the Polynesian Papa of Pump, Big Body Say, Say Say Liua. Say Say, what is up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Looks like you got a black eye, bro. Yep. It's an allergic reaction, infection, something's going on. I'm suffering from a swollen eye here on uh, Father's Day weekend. Uh, which Happy Father's Day. Thank you, man, which means I'm not doing anything whatsoever. But uh, I went to the doctor to, to get some medicine for this eye situation I had, and I got hooked up with some eye steroids, man. Steroids? You got some for me. <laughs> and speaking of steroids, that's going to lead us right into today's episode. You know, say, say, life is all about enhancing, enhancing your quality of life, of course, enhancing your health and wellness, enhancing your career and some people like to enhance certain areas of their bodies they like to make artificial enhancements too and i am definitely not going to hate what do you think about those types of enhancements say say if it gives you peace of mind i get it you know because i'm like everything reverts back to that uh i try to find a silver lining in anything it's always case by case but you know for the most part just if you don't need to do it why would you how do you how do you take uh, enhancement drugs for your podcast? One way I'm gonna <laughs> enhance the podcast today is to. Oh, nice, dude! Was that a Corona? <laughs> yeah, but that leads us into today's episode, where we will be covering the story of Lance Armstrong, a man who was so celebrated, so respected, so appreciated. He even had his own freaking charity. Completely lost it all, all because he used some steroids. Now, it was really because he was a dick. We're also going to be having a discussion on PEDS. P-E-D-S. We're talking PEDS. Performance enhancement drugs. Stacey and I are going to give you our honest opinion. Philosophically, professionally, and personally. We're going to cover all of that and so much more on today's episode of Talking Some. Beep. Muscle. Welcome, friends, family, lovers, haters, haters that love to hate, and lovers that hate to love. You all have a place with us here on Talking Some Muscle. I'm Hector Oliveira. This is Seisei Liyua, and we're going to get right into this, man. Seisei, what is up, man? What are your initial thoughts on today's episode? Man, I'm like kind of stoked because at first I thought, wow, this is just a boring case. But after like digging a little further into Lance Armstrong and what happened... I found something right off the bat that they were like the U.S. Postal Riding Team. So I was curious as how that happened. That's that's curious. curious. So they're they're representing the postal, the U.S. Post Office. I mean, right? Well, the team was sponsored by the U.S. Postal Service, and they go through different sponsorships. But but yeah, you're dead on, man. It's it's all everything is a money grab. Everything's positioned for uh, one person or, or an organization to reach up and grab them dollar dollar bills, y'all. Um, yeah, because because it's like. It's like, for one, I, I like the post office, man. I respect them so so much. My pops, again, I, like I said last episode, he was a postal worker. But it kind of it kind of makes you wonder about like how deep some uh, scandal can go. There's so many implications, you know, especially because they're trying to sue Lance Armstrong, saying, "Hey, man, we gave you all this money, uh, the U.S. government, and then 
what, you know, we want it back. And he's like, well, you guys benefited too, man. You know, the post office benefited too from all those wins. Yep. There was a lot of benefited, benefited. There, <laughs> there were a lot of shady characters. And I know there were more than just Lance Armstrong's two little grubby hands in the pot in regard to the, the money that was being thrown around with the Tour de France wins and all the uh, marketing and the charitable foundation. A lot of times the best way to lose money, if you got a shit ton of money and you want to launder it is quite honestly, start a charity. There, I think there are definitely some more seedy individuals involved in that whole thing, but I don't want to get off the main reason why we're holding this episode today. Obviously, we're talking about performance enhancing drugs on this edition of Talking Some Muscle. And I want to make sure we dig into how we actually feel about performance enhancing drugs, kind of where we stand on it and the advice we can give moving forward on whether or not it's even all worth it. But first... I feel like we got a little bit of re-racking to do. When we re-rack from our previous episode, normally we like to go back and clear up some mistakes. I think today's re-rack should just be Stacey and I going back and forth. Maybe we left out some fitness gimmicks from last week that we would like to bring up this week. I don't know. You got any any fitness gimmicks that you may have come across in the past couple of days that you would like to talk about? Sometimes I feel supplements can be the biggest gimmick, you know, like powders that boast. We got 3,000 grams of protein or like 200 grams of protein. Yeah, I think it's important to, to notice from last week's episode that we're all kind of surrounded by certain gimmicks. Even when a personal trainer is running like a body fat table or they're trying to get you to feel some way about your body fat percentage, anything, measurements, whatever it is. You got to see that table in that moment as as a gimmick that the personal trainer is using to elicit some sort of response out of you in, in regard to getting you to purchase some personal training. Even though as, as important it is to know your body fat percentage, at the same time, this little body fat monitor or this little gimmick that's being used at the moment is here to, to help me make a decision to make myself healthier. With that respect, I think the only re-racking would be to say that a decision to, to think more consciously about your health is always a good one. It's just you're surrounded by gimmicks. They're everywhere. So, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel that these gimmicks that we call gimmicks, in all fairness, I still got to combat them because I respect it. I'm kind of looking at it as like if this is a smorgasbord or a buffet of how to get fit out there, you know, just like in religion, there's so many different paths. Like, to you know, everybody says you can get to heaven, enlightenment, whatever it is, spiritual fitness. You know, you got, you know. Uh, different types there, but would you add this piece of equipment to the smorgasbord? Where? With the main dishes, the side dishes? Is it just dessert? It's just a topping? You know, if we go to the buffet, would you let your kid just go straight to the ice cream and sprinkles? That's it? Yeah. You know? But yeah, I think as far as covering all the gimmicks, I think we did a good job covering the gimmicks and also making sure that, you know, people had a heads up on what was out there and what to look out for, even in their own gym. If we missed anything, don't hesitate to shoot us a message. On any one of our formats, Talking Some Muscle is our IG Instagram handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-S-O-M-E, Muscle. No G because the only Gs are Seisei and me. Uh, also at Talking Some yeah, Muscle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also at Talking Some Muscle at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-I-N, Some Muscle at gmail.com. Give us a message. Let us know if we need to re-rack something. If we left a mess from last episode. If you guys want us to clean anything up, we're not afraid to admit we made a mistake. Fuck, I've made... Tons of mistakes, and I'm going to make tons more, but I'm going to do it at full fucking speed. Make it at full speed with full balls, no half balls, no quarter balls. Full speed, dude. But as far as last week's episode (laughs) and us pointing out those fitness gimmicks, we do feel that a step in the right direction of fitness is a good one. I'm going to go ahead and re-rack that. 
Before we move on and pump this podcast full of performance-enhancing drugs, I think it's time to... Muscle up, Buttercup. Better tighten up that core. Because what we're about to say just might hurt your feelings. Today's Muscle Up Buttercup goes out on a Father's Day weekend to all the daddies out there that I like to call crack a beer when you get home dads. And I know I cracked a beer at the beginning of this podcast, but it's Sunday, it's Father's Day. I want to get myself all saucy for our podcast episode. I also appreciate a good beer here and there. I like to point out something and call a few people out. It's the dads that get home from work, they're tired, they had a long day, and they feel they deserve that beer. Oh, I deserve to go right to my fridge every night when I get home, open up the refrigerator, pull out my cold one, pop it, plop my ass right on the couch. Meanwhile, three kids, four kids, five kids, one kid, two, however many kids you have that missed you all day and have just been waiting to see you all day, you've been waiting to go home and crack open that beer and sit your ass on the couch. I would like to just point out First of all, yeah, you deserve a beer. But what you need to do as a father, and what we all need to do as a father, is recognize that if things are tough at work, if things are tough at home, fucking cracking a beer isn't going to change that. So I challenge all crack-a-beer fathers, instead of going home and going straight to that beer, or straight to the fridge and cracking the beer, take your time on your way home to think about the first thing you want to do when you walk through that door. And the first thing should be setting down your phone, setting down work, pushing all things aside, looking your kids in the eyes, letting them know that they mean a lot to you, picking them up. If you're doing this already, that's awesome. Keep doing it. Don't stop. And maybe hold off on that beer because your kids are watching. They're watching you. And the last thing they want is for you not to be able to play with them because one of your hands is fucking occupied with a cold beer. So crack a beer dads that get home, go straight to the refrigerator and open up their favorite cold one. It's time for you too. Muscle up, buttercup. I like how you call them cracker beer dads. You know, you just reminded people to get their priorities in order and don't count the time, make the time count, you know? Fucking philosophical motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go ahead and change gears and get in today's topic performance enhancing drugs. And to start this thing off, I just want to keep the format open and we're just going to chat it up real quick. Say, say, what are your thoughts on performance enhancing drugs and steroids? All of the above. Juice, sauce, gear, dick pills. What are your thoughts? Right off the bat, I'm like, who gives a fuck, dog? You gotta understand what they are. They're just, <clears throat> they're legal at some point. Like a doctor, you give it to help the person, but not if he's gonna run a race. Cause, you know, that, you know, you can give it to this person. You know, it's, it's more like we ostracize them so much. We give them such a stigma. Even for your eye infection, you know, like they might just give you a steroid. Those guys take on extra burdens in their life just to take the steroids. And they're already going through burdens that make them go on steroids. So, I feel like if we could just ease up on the ass a little bit uh, without having to jeopardize the integrity of any sport. I'll tell you what. I remember in college football and playing for San Jose State, I was on the bubble, so I had to work extra hard. And it got to a point where one of the captains came I, I, one of the captains came to me as I was rising up, making the team, earning that scholarship. They came to me and he said, man, are you on steroids, bro? Are you taking any kind of supplements? Because you know they test for that shit. Like, I guess the coach had asked him to do that because he told me later. So the coach wanted me to ask because – they're literally, they're literally considering you for like you know starting position. If you fucking test positive for these PEDs, you you know you're gonna put the whole team looking like a fool. I told him, nah, hell no. Nah. But it was the biggest compliment ever. I'm like, damn, thanks. You know, I feel I feel at some point it's like, geez, in the like in the NFL, if you want to put on a great show, why 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 would you hold people back? Well, you I'll know? post to you this. I'll post to you this scenario right here. Okay, so basically your job is directly dependent upon whether or not you can bench press 400 pounds. 
If you do that, you're going to get $5,000 paycheck, right? It's you and another person that can get this opportunity, right? You work your ass off. You sign a contract that says you will not use any performance enhancing drugs to lift the 400 pounds. You basically work your ass off. You get all the way to 395 pounds, right? But the next guy that you were competing against got 435 pounds. Whenever you guys first started the whole process, his bench press was, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 pounds lower than yours. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, this guy jumps up, bolts up, gets massive, looking like the biggest power lifter in the world. He bench presses 450, 465 pounds, gets a job, makes the $3,000, $4,000 for the week. You don't make it. Your family's fucked for a little while. And you know for a fact this guy took some steroids or did something to get there because you found paraphernalia or saw out of the corner of your eyes some paraphernalia in his bag. So both of you signed the same agreement to not take the drugs. What do you do in that situation? Do you keep your mouth shut? Do you feel wrong? Do you feel like someone cheated? Do you feel like... How do you feel? How do you feel in that situation? Okay, so I think that it comes down to just codes of ethics. And this crosses over the lines of like international territories or different philosophies of life. You know, they always say in the hood, snitches get stitches, you know, mind your business, look the other way. And then the other people say there's no victimless crime. So see something, say something. Uh, and, and I just I just believe that like honesty is the best policy. Like, like that's a good one to stick to. But but sometimes honesty is the best policy. doesn't go farther, doesn't go far enough when, when we talk about cases where you look at omitting the truth. I'm honest. Nobody asked me what I saw. I didn't, I, you know, I'm an honest person, but nobody asked yeah. me what I saw. Let's let's take it. Let's take it a step further. Now you confront the guy in the locker room and you say, hey, man, I know you cheated. I saw the drugs. I saw the steroids in your fucking bag. I know you cheated. We both signed an agreement that said neither of us would take steroids. You did. That fucking money belongs to me because you cheated. And the guy looks at you and says, well, you're the stupid fucker who didn't take steroids. I did. I got the money. Fuck you. Right. And then I know you're thinking in your head, well, then I would just beat the guy's ass and take the money from him. Right. So here's so I guess what this comes down to is you're right. Philosophical differences. And we're definitely going to get into the philosophy behind it, because I feel to a certain extent when you sign an agreement, not to a certain extent, but I strongly feel when you sign an agreement or you, you enter a competition in which steroids are banned, performance enhancing substances are banned. Anything that wouldn't be considered over-the-counter or even just supplemental, like a protein supplement. Yeah. Anything outside the spectrum of just your general health and nutrition store that you can find there is considered illegal or banned. I strongly feel like when you make that agreement and take performance-enhancing drugs or do those things after signing said agreement, you are now considered a cheater and you are subject to whatever penalty is laid down on you whether it's stripping you of your championships, whether it's uh, stripping you of money, getting you to pay back money, whatever it is, atonement has to be made for the fact that you fucking cheated. Now, if you want to take those drugs, go ahead, take them. It's your body, right? But here's the thing. Do not enter an agreement in which you say, I will not take performance enhancing drugs to win said event. That means you need to exist in a realm outside of said event. So you need to go and do the event outside of whatever the agreement is and pursue it on your own. 
and make it public that you are t- I'm taking these steroids to do this I'm taking uh, EPO I'm blood doping I'm doing all this blood cycling I'm doing all this so that way I could set a record using performance enhanced drugs so that becomes a separate entity from the actual competition or the actual thing that people are signing up for saying that we're going to do this natural so if you are going to do it fuck it do it go ahead do it but don't do it with the guys that are signing that says I'm not going to do that because what you're doing is you're falsifying your intent You're also strategically putting yourself in a position to maybe have an advantage over people that aren't doing it because you think, huh, they're the fucking stupid people that aren't going to do it. And I'm the only smart one that can get around it. So you look like a double dick in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I I feel that that's a very valid point. And uh, you got to you got to you got to come. You got to understand, like, I'm the worst guy to talk to about this because I literally will fight both sides if you want. Like, you got to tell me the facts. So. Uh, in that fact, I'm looking at this man in the hypothetical situation you just gave, and, say, and I'm saying, "Let me work out with you, man. I want to. I want to. I I would pride myself in losing at a stupid fucking Bob and Tom competition. I mean, what kind of slap slap competition lets this guy win anyway? If they're not testing him, you got to ask yourself that. But it would be so much greater of it would be so much greater of a win for me to beat a guy who is using all he can, and I still do it without with less. You know, people don't care about sacrifice as much as they they do anymore like the money and the capability and the connections that you got to win so if you're taking steroids and it helps you sacrifice less fine but who is liable for that that money if you're talking about this is money maybe it's the competition's fault like i i just caught you taking steroids bro like he's like yeah you're the stupid person who didn't know that they didn't test so i won why are you mad at me you know like who owes him that money you know what i mean because he took a risk he took his reputation on the line well, I think the important thing we, we have to look at before we move forward with the episode is that the high profile cases happen with a lot of money and a lot of hands in the pot and a lot of investors and pushing and pulling in different directions to try and, to. And that's what I meant. And that's all I meant, Hector. Maybe maybe you, you're like a developer because you like help get it out of people. So that, that's what I meant with like you got to when I look at this guy who, who just beat me in the bench press, who's my real opponent? Like what, what am I up against here? Like. Who am I competing with? Is it just a guy who's very cutthroat at his competition and is willing to do anything to win? Yeah, I better watch myself if I want to go tell on him. Maybe I need to use his tactics with him's tactics. Be like, hey, bro, I just got you on camera shooting that needle up your ass. Where's my cut? <laughs> but one thing, I guess one thing before we move forward that we we should definitely acknowledge when it comes to performance enhancing drugs is that they are what they say they are. They are what they say they are. They're going to enhance performance. And if you take them the right way, you train the right, uh, train, if you take them properly, train properly. The white way? Could you, white, you train white the way. way? Yeah. Dang, bro, that's fucking... Training that's the weird. white way is like drinking 30 Keystones, brother, and doing some wakeboarding out in Zephyr Cove, bro, with Tyler and fucking Derek. Tyler and Derek and Xander? Out, out in Zephyr Cove, bro, fucking 30 stones, brother, I was still able to wakeboard. <laughs> yeah. Massive. Epic, bro. <laughs> If you are, if you're, t- if you're taking the white way, white way. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, we're back on track. My bad. Listen, baby, I don't take no performance enhancing drugs. I just train the white way, baby. Definitely with performance enhancing drugs, they enhance your performance. You're gonna fucking see astronomical results compared to the person that isn't using them. It's just cold hard fact. I guess in this situation like this, if you are gonna be using, one thing we can learn as we move forward is you have to build a network of people that are going to fucking support you and get your back when the shit hits the fan. Because as we see in today's episode, 
for uh, one Lance Armstrong. His fall from grace actually didn't happen because he straight up got caught. His uh, fall from grace happened because he was just a straight up dick to everybody in his life as he cheated, took steroids, built a team, forced everybody else to take performance enhancing drugs, built a system around himself to protect him from being fucking caught. But that system, he all just treated them like shit. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do them, be a good person. First off, ask yourself, am I am I a fucking good person? First of all, I would say don't do them because I stand against them. I don't take them. I have no urge to take them. I'm a dad. Yeah, that's what I got- I'm saying. Like, what are you? What are you like? Stupid? What are you doing this for? Oh, I get it. You're going to get $10 million. Well, hey, I'm going to mind my business. Yeah, but I'm right. like, whatever, dude. Like, sometimes I get caught with my foot in my mouth, like, you're on steroids, bro. And then they'll be like, well, I have some sort of degenerative disease, man. Sorry. And I'm like, oh, my bad. The only article I ever read that kind of helped me was with a men's health article. And, like, I think I was in junior college here in Visalia. Yeah. I read this magazine, and it said, maybe maybe when your testosterone levels drop is a good time for you to take uh, an outside source because if you bring an outside source of that stuff inside your body your body is lazy your body's gonna be like oh well, fuck it i ain't gonna produce that shit no more so then unless you're gonna be able to keep up that payment of steroids you better not do it because you're gonna rely on the outside source so i would rather wait until my internal mechanisms start to fail and if i see that yeah my life's pretty good i want to extend it i'll just try to maybe take steroids at that point if if you know if, if that's the thing i think anything else though it's uncivilized. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Anything think, less is uncivilized. But you said an important thing. <laughs> yeah. You said if you go into the doctor and the doctor says you have this disease or you have this issue, just like me with my eye, you have this going on, I'm going to prescribe to you this steroid to fix this and you're only going to take it for this long and then you're off. The reverse side of that is someone going in saying I need some fucking steroids because I need to be able to perform at a higher level so I can make a large amount of money. So that's the other side of it that's less than honest, malicious, premeditated, and just a fucking dick move because you're competing against people that have signed agreement that said they wouldn't do it, even though the nomenclature is, oh, everyone in this field is doing it. Guess what? Not everybody. And for the people that really try hard and protect themselves and really do it, uh, I guess if you want to call it do it by the book, then those people get fucked. And it's because you're being selfish. You're being a dick. And one of the most selfish dicks in all of sporting history is the highlight of today's episode. We're going to talk about Mr. Lance Armstrong. And so you say you remember the Livestrong bracelets, right? Do you remember that? Do I ever? No, of course I do. I actually ran a security event one time for one of his events because as I was working for the YMCA in San Jose, we actually had a chance to go do a volunteer event for them. So it's like more like a voluntold event, but it was pretty cool. I just ran security at the bike rack it's like i guess one of the races were in san jose or in the city but i don't know if yeah. lance was at that one i think he was doing his tour to francis at that time or something but it was live strong out man and it was such, such a good philosophy but boy dude I, I didn't even know what i was getting myself into with that guy so what the Livestrong bracelets represented were a representation of the struggle of a man named Lance Armstrong went through. So Lance Armstrong was a cycling prodigy well before his adulthood i think at age 15 he started cycling professionally. At age 16, he was diagnosed with metastatic testicular cancer. So I think they pretty much uh, diagnosed him as terminal. And he started this battle with cancer. He actually lost a testicle in the process, which big props, man. Big ups to uh, to being able to get through that and defeat cancer. You know, I'm not going to take that away from him. That's, that's a battle that a lot of people wage and uh, come in on the losing yes. side because it's so – it's such a – a a devastating disease and i think definitely 
there's a lot we can do to help support cancer uh, survivors, victims. and But I actually found out an interesting stat the other day. I think it was the number was 3%, only 3% of all cancer foundations or funds that are out there actually go toward childhood cancer, which makes you scratch your head and think. Well, come on now. I'm just saying here, bro. Like you, you said a, a couple of things, man. I, I've been wanting to crack some jokes, but I, I'll try to keep it as serious because I take it all the way dark. Like I'm like all the way dark. Like if somebody like Lance took steroids to overcome his testicular cancer, somebody who overcame testicular cancer, uh, you know, didn't even use steroids. Who would you let talk on stage? You know, if you had to choose between the two, do you care if they use performance enhancing steroids then? Like, does it matter? No, they beat it. They're both, they're both champs, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you got to be like, sometimes like, like, so this guy was like some very subversive, I guess is the, like somebody needs to get a prescription for steroids. What do you do? Do you go eat ass and give yourself pink eye or something? You know what I'm yes. saying? Is that what yeah. happened? Is that what yeah. happened there? <laughs> yeah. Just so I could be swole. Hey, it's prescribed, bro. <laughs> you know, you get double dose, bro. You get both yeah. eyes. Like, so, that, <laughs> so what that does is it, uh, <laughs> it opens up the, the darker sides of, I guess, philanthropy when it, in regards to whether or not children are, are having access to these funds. Like, who are we actually trying to keep alive through our cancer funds? And where's, where's the research actually going? Or are we really trying to save lives with our foundations? I think it's something that we really need to look at and crack a oh, for. That's uh, another thing. You said it <laughs> earlier about that. That's what I meant to say. The Sometimes foundations can be just, you know, a way to munder the, munder the laundry. Launder the money. Like Livestrong, I like going to their website. They have great information. But sometimes they can have lobbyists that just make their information right anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the, the, the cancer-causing carcinogens that are found in, you know, Chevron gasoline. You know, maybe maybe they also have set up a charity to help people with cancer because, you know, they know their product causes it. So it's like burning it at both ends. I mean, we should stop there because that's a whole yeah. other podcast, dude. Hell yeah. Information for another episode. So shortly after Lance Armstrong overcame testicular cancer, he founded the Livestrong Foundation, which is what we were talking about. The yellow bracelet campaign came out that everybody had the yellow bracelet. I think it was only like $2, but it was like a five cent piece of plastic or, or rubber or whatever it was. Um, Got mine for free. Yeah, right. Didn't even rock it. And then out of... School and it's testicular cancer, dude. And then out of nowhere, he would launch a seven-year yellow jersey reign over the Tour de France and drive that Lance Armstrong or Livestrong Foundation through the roof with revenues and monies. He would also go on to be a spokesperson, uh, spokesperson for Nike endorsements through Trek, and uh, he would he would definitely blow away the field once he came back from his uh, his cancer bout. He had an autobiography that talked about how his drive to overcome cancer and the battle with cancer forced him or, or led him to dream big. And he pretty much spoke about himself like he was on a whole different level. And uh, they all lived happily ever after, man. He did a lot of good things. He um, got sponsored by steroids. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. He lived happily ever after, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> truth of the matter is... In a perfect world, that would be the story, right? And the Cancer Foundation would still be thriving and we'd have cured cancer because of how successful and lucrative the Livestrong Foundation became and life would all be a fucking box of fluffy ducks. But we exist in a world in which whenever something like that happens and when a person such as Lance Armstrong's who would finish, I think 36 was the highest he finished before he actually won the fucking Tour de France. So you're looking at someone going from finishing 36 to coming back from cancer, then winning the motherfucker whenever that happens people scratch their head and say hmm what the fuck is this guy on 
And I have a little video right here. I have a little clip where he, uh, he, he talks about how people are always asking him what he's on. This is actually pretty funny. This is one of the many Lance Armstrong isms I will play today. Everybody wants to know what I'm on. What am I on? I'm on my bike, busting my ass six hours a day. What are you on? He said, I'm on my bike. Busting my ass six hours a day. What are you? Oh, on? the Nike commercial. The Nike yeah. commercial. Yeah. Yeah, he took advantage. Yo, it's funny in hindsight just watching him just lie on camera. Anytime you hear a story that comes out and then you know that they, they admitted to it and then you just go there, they say, well, let's take a look back in 2003. That fool was Did you just take lying. anything? Nah, nah. Think, and you almost you like can that? see the micro expressions now. You're like. The funny part about that is he would start a campaign. Whatever he would do, he would always call out the fact that people were accusing him of using. Every opportunity, here's the thing about, about picking out a liar like that. Every opportunity they have to defend their lie, they'll take it. Before we get into that, I kind of want to go over the Tour de France uh, so we know what we're talking about here. I know it's pretty popular. It's a cycling, it's a bike race, which by the way, I'm not a fan of bike racing, but it's fitness. So cool. Go out and have fun. Do your bike. Yeah. You go through all these measurements, your suit and your padded like tights for your butt. And then your helmet and then your bikes like you got to have this crazy expensive bike. You got to get a group of guys together that are wearing the same shit as you like it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> for me, cycling, like for, bike, for bicycling, bro, like I'm seriously, man, I was like, yo, for real, I would not do yeah. that shit for that. Like, it for just real? seems like a fucking lot of work, dude. And it's like a lot of shit you have to go through. And then I don't know. It's just I would much rather just go out and run. It's like, fuck, dude, just get off your bike, run, use your body, use what you have. I feel like maybe it's because I'm from the Central Valley, which it was, it was a culture shock a little bit from the Central Valley to the Bay Area, like nicer parts of the Bay Area. Whereas people use bikes up here. Get this. People use bikes primarily for exercise. If you see someone on a road bike, they're wearing the whole suit, the jersey, the Motorola, whatever. They're wearing the whole fucking little spandex getup with the butt pads uh, and the special shoes that lock into their, their pedals. But when you go down to the Central Valley, people use bikes to like fucking flip a bag or for transportation. Yeah, you know, and it's, uh, yeah, you're right, man. That's funny that you bring that up. Well, here's the vibe of the Tour de France before we move on to, to the story of Lance, just to give people a platform on what the Tour de France is. And Lance Armstrong runs, won seven of these, by the way, seven fucking Tour de France is pretty much unprecedented. Unprecedented. <laughs> the unprecedented. Fuck and that's what I'm saying. They were, they were just mad that he's not getting caught. They're like, how are you doing this? Like, what are you doing? And I mean, that guy was doing a lot. Yeah. So the, the Tour de France is a 21-stage, three-week, 2,000-mile grueling race that cuts through, all right, ready for this? Cuts through vineyards, mountains, and finishes in the Chambalisay in Paris, which sounds like a fucking great weekend of wine tasting, bitch. Hey, let's go do the, the fucking Tour of France. That's that some arch. Wine. That's that arch word. Yeah, Champs-Élysées in Paris. They call it grueling, but I'm thinking the whole time, motherfucker, that sounds like a vacation for me. Yeah. I don't know. Which why, which discredits... Don't need, don't need, the, go ahead. What'd you say? Oh, I said, which further... <laughs> it further discredits the sport of cycling. No, just kidding. I know it's fucking legit. Don't... Actually, yeah, email me. Fuck it. Cycling's for bitches. All right, there. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You don't need steroids for that. <laughs> yeah, you don't... Why are you fucking taking steroids, dude? That's like fucking go bike riding through some vineyards and... In the mountains, that's called active recovery for me. Why the fuck are you taking steroids, you little <laughs> bitches? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> we're gonna get ran over, dog. All right, fuck we're gonna it. get the left hand signal when they're riding by. They're just gonna give us like. <laughs> no, fuck it. Fuck you, cyclists. Anyway. Man, I seen this one. I seen this one biker full on decked out, but he looked like a beginner because he was going slower. Maybe it was uphill. I don't know, but he was crossing over where people get onto the freeway. And he just so came across one of these guys in a big truck that had no patience. And he was like, eh, eh. and like he just moseyed on over, wouldn't let the truck get like onto the on-ramp. He's just moseying over, moseying over. And then the truck goes by and throws a water bottle and hits him directly in the helmet, dude. The biker <laughs> was kind of going slow, though. Well, let's go into Lance Armstrong's first win. So his victory wasn't even close in, in regard to the field. He blew everybody away. He fucking set the, the woods on fire, so to speak. In one of the stages, he would break away from the peloton, which is the lead group. He would break away from the peloton on one of the mountain climbs, and he would charge, catch up to one of the world's best climbers, who, by the way, tested positive for performance-enhancing substances before. He would catch up to Marco Pantani, who was the sport's best climber, once again, he tested for uh, he tested positive for performance enhancing drugs previously, and he would smoke him up the hill, just absolutely irregular, smoke him. irregular levels though. Yeah, that's right, irregular right? levels. So you would for, uh, unusual. They're, they're so unusual. strict. It seemed like yeah. they would show unusual him up at different levels. times, but it wasn't even a positive. It was just irregular. He was using uh, results fucking, or some shit. I thought he was using steroid eye drops. That's why it was irregular. But Lance Armstrong. Oh, was, is that what you're using? <laughs> Lance Armstrong would smoke that guy up the hill. It wasn't even fucking close, but that's the sketchy thing that you see. You see, like, okay, this guy finished 36 last year. Now he's fucking smoking the world's best climber, who, by the way, tested with irregular levels before. This doesn't look right. We need to fucking take a look at this. So that's where the questions kind of all started, his first win. So he won his first race in 98, and it wasn't close, man. One of the stages, he would smoke them all by, like, 36 seconds and just, once again, set the woods on fire. It raised a lot of questions. Uh, Lance Armstrong's team, the U.S. Postal team, would dominate the cycling world and the Tour de France, of course, for the next seven years. Even though they continue to pass all the doping tests and steroid screenings that were pretty stringent. But they would pass yeah, all these explain tests. Explain that. Explain that. Yeah. And it's kind of like the guy in the gym that gets swole out of nowhere super fast where you're like, oh, what the fuck is this guy on? But then when you go talk to him, he's like, oh, no, man, I'm just watching how I'm eating. Just taking protein and creatine. But, you know, he's on <laughs> something. I mean, it's the first thing you look for. You could just see signs of steroids, but I'm not, again, like, I'm like, I don't care, man. Just do you, bro. Do you. Do you. You know, I've been yeah. just trying to say, you do you, man. I do me. Some people do PED, but it's not for me, bro. Like, That's you know. Well, if you're going to do it, just like Lance Armstrong did it, he had a system. Not only did he have a doctor in his back pocket, the doctor's name was Michel Ferrari. Ferrari? It wasn't French. Yeah, that was definitely an Italian guy, right, Michel? Michel Ferrari. Ferrari? My last name is Ferrari. I give you steroids. They make you all big and fast. Mm. <laughs> so uh, the doctor in his back pocket was Michel Ferrari, and he was always a step ahead of the testers of the cycling community. So he had a doctor in his back pocket, but what Lance Armstrong also had in place was a sophisticated system where he used an external source called the Moto Man. And if you remember from the video, the Moto Man was a guy on a motorcycle that as they were going through the stages, right, as they're fucking hitting their wineries through France on the Tour de France, when they would need 
to steroids, they would call this guy the Moto Man. That's all he was known as, but he was the guy that would deliver them drugs on a motorcycle. So it was really sophisticated in regard to the fact that they had it plotted out. Okay, here's this next hard climb. We're going to need our drugs for this day. So what Lance Armstrong would do was let the Moto Man know what stage they were in. He would call up his dope man, and the dope man would drive in his motorcycle drop the drugs off in their camper or in their trailer and he would like put it in their shoes he would put it in their drawers he would hide it so that way whenever they would get the drugs they would inject real quick they being the u.s postal service because it was their camper they would all inject they would all do their thing and they would dispose of the needles so it was sophisticated to where lance was using it but also his other his other teammates were using it and a big reason why they were using it is because they felt pressured to use it it was kind of like hey if you want to be on this fucking team you got to take steroids I never knew that it was that kind of vibe. That's right. That, that could, I could see how that would happen. It's like, you know, Lance would be up there. You can't spell pedal without P-E-D. If you want to be over here, you got you to gotta take them. Yeah. You know, we put the ped in pedal. But <laughs> as far as the system, is, I'm actually lightweight more impressed on the system he had to suppress the information that he was trying to hide. If everything that I heard was true... I'm just like, give this man a gold medal for that shit. Like, damn. Like, this is some serious... Yeah, well, it sounds like he had government officials in his back pocket. (laughs) He had a lot of things. You got to think, his foundation, the Livestrong Foundation, was worth about $38 million at its height. $38 million. You think Lance Armstrong is the only one there going, hey, let's give this money to cancer. Let's keep this. I'm sure there are some big individuals moving some big figures through that foundation. The best way to lose money, if you got too fucking much of it, which I wish I had that problem, is to come up with a charity. Anyway, not to uh, not to go down that rabbit hole once again. Let's keep it rolling. Let's talk about uh, Michelle Ferrari real quick. What do you think? He, I think he looked like one of those bad guy spies that was like the under underboss. He was like the guy you got to before the underboss. He was like the sharpshooter, the guy that would shoot you in the neck with a dart that would paralyze you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so this is a, it's a guy doctor. I thought it was a girl. I thought it was the girl doctor who ratted on him. No, the so. the the girl was uh, one of the one of his teammates' wives, which we'll talk about. But it was yeah, Michelle oh, Ferrari. Michelle Ferrari was the uh, the male doctor who looked like he was uh, smoking a cigarette with one of those spy like thick black turtlenecks. Like, yeah, yeah. you want to get the, you want to get the steroids? <laughs> okay, I'll give you it under one condition: <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Got to do that in a French accent. Let's see if I can do yeah, French. Bonjour. You like to pump you up. APO come directly. The steroids. You must not mention them as steroids. You must refer to them as Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> this is going to make you ride fast up mountain. Oh, shit. But yeah, that's I, I what mean, what, do you, like. what, what, what was he actually doing? Like, he was doing blood transfusions and stuff for so, him? Or? Yeah, let's dig into this guy. This guy wrote the book on passing a, a drug test, man, which, you know, we, oh, okay. we, we all at one point or another in our lives could have used one of those guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Get That's you what I'm saying. Like, you said, get you something. He sounds like a bad guy to me. He doesn't sound like a bad guy at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's like he a smart a, guy using his uh, talents. So, yeah, he was the people. one. So this Michelle Ferrari guy was the one that would instruct Lance Armstrong on how to pass the test, how to give people the slip. A lot of times with passing the test, all they had to do was just not fucking be at home. Or pretend like they were not at home. Like one of the the writers, I think um, Frankie Andreu, talked about how he and his wife just ducked for cover when one of the testers came to the door. It's like he's knocking at the door. He's like, oh shit, bitch, the narc's here. He pulled his wife down. 
You're a fucking cyclist. Be a cyclist. You are a cyclist. You don't need to be afraid of a drug test. <laughs> so yeah, he, he gave, so Michelle Ferrari, the doctor, would give Lance Armstrong all the tips and hints on how to give the testers the slide or the slip. But then he started doing something, I guess a little bit new to the sports world. It was called blood doping or blood cycling, which is actually pretty popular nowadays. So blood doping would be, let's say you have steroids, you have EPO in your system, which EPO was one of the uh, more popular drugs, even though they used cortisone, testosterone, other shit. I had the the laundry list of drugs being used. Lance Armstrong. But they were also using cortisone, testosterone, EPO. So if you want to find out what the EPO hormone is, just pop it into your Google machine. Hit search and then look, uh, find where you can buy it if you're an athlete so you can fucking cheat because I know most of you guys listening are cheaters. Yeah, or you can just we listen to it. us and it's well, something that increases your red blood cell count so that you can have more oxygen being a, coming up <laughs> into the muscles and shit. Yeah. Recover, the EPO, recover way faster. So the EPO hormone they were using uh, increases red blood cells which feed oxygen to starved muscles and systems due to increased physical activity. When I read the what it does to you, it's just like, oh, well, that's the shit you want to take if you're competing in a sport like cycling due to the the stress on the body while you're cycling, the time under tension, the amount of work you're doing, the miles you're putting in, basically everything. Maybe the, some of the sleep that you're losing, whatever it is, that shit's going to help. But here's what blood cycling was. So they would withdraw or they would take blood out of their body during the off season that had EPO in it and they would store it. They would keep it refrigerated so that way when the season happened or they were on the tour – they would cycle it back in. So that way, one, when they got tested without it in their system, they would pass. But whenever it was in their body, even if they got tested, this system of blood cycling was fucking virtually undetectable. So you could not really pick this up on the the tests used, urine tests, whatever it is, because it would show up as what your body was naturally producing if it was injected right into your veins. Whereas most uh, drug testing that would happen would be you pee into a vial and the urine lets them know if there are elevated external levels that aren't normal to what's in the urine or consistent with what's in the urine. It's basically just showing up as your body's naturally producing that hormone or something not uh, added to what your body's natural production is. So they were able to scave the drug test and pretty much get away fucking scot-free for seven years doing this. Seven years they laid waste all over the cycling world, won the tours, Kick some ass. And meanwhile, the Livestrong charity is growing in popularity, right? We talked about how the ribs, uh, the wristbands were everywhere. I remember seeing Livestrong clothing everywhere, yellow shirts. I remember seeing fucking cyclists wearing all the yellow Livestrong, the U.S. Postal. They, they had the jerseys. They had the Lance Armstrong jerseys. They were all there. That shit was all popular. And that's all money being generated for Lance Armstrong. Meanwhile, he's fucking cheating. So once again, I said the the uh, worth of or the um, foundation or the charity grew up to about thirty three point eight or uh, thirty three point eight million dollars in net worth uh, by two thousand twelve. So that was uh, the height of its net worth. But the foundation over its span with Lance Armstrong underneath it generated more than five hundred million dollars in funds. All is well and good in Lance Land, but Lance Armstrong cannot fucking help himself from being a dick. So, say, say, how many guys do you know that, and I've known some guys that have taken steroids and openly admitted it, but how many guys have you known to take steroids to be dicks? Hardly any of them for me in my situation. They're all pretty nice guys. They all come off as being cool and really humble. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I thought the question was how many people I knew to take steroids, which was very, very few. <laughs> I mean, where I actually 
like heard them say that they either took a cycle or they're onto it. You know, one guy surprised my ass. Like I walked in and then they were like just putting that shit in their ass right there. I was like, what are y'all doing? You know, they weren't they weren't particularly dicks. They're just just college like little jock wannabes and shit. Anyway, yeah, man, they they weren't. I don't think that's an association, but maybe you're talking about like roid rage or something. Maybe yeah. they did have a little bit of that or something. I, I don't know. They did have symptoms like pimples and shit, though, like you said, you know? Yeah. Well, a- excessive hair. <laughs> for, for the most part, my experiences with them, they've all been very humble, kind. They, they talk yeah. about, you know, how yeah. uh, they train hard and, you know, they're just excited to be doing what they're doing. They all seem pretty nice. Yeah. But not in the case yeah. of one Mr. Lance motherfucking Armstrong. This guy what was a complete dick. dick. So behind the scenes, this guy is known as a bully, person that used his pool within uh, the team to force other teammates to take drugs. So he basically peer pressured people. He would continue. So he continuously denied allegations and he did it pretty arrogantly like that commercial we saw, but I'm going to play some clips of him uh, denying usage and they're all pretty fucking funny. So let me play this first one right here. Betsy Andreu, wife of cyclist Frankie Andreu and a former member of Armstrong's inner circle. Witnesses his tactics firsthand. Here you go, here it is. Lance really relied on the media and politicians. He cozied up to politicians and to people in power. And so he built this empire. When an accusation comes up about doping in his career, those accusations are quickly shut down. Armstrong is undeniably persuasive. Why would I take that risk? I have everything I need. I have money, I have contracts, I have a family, I have... Do you think I want my son to go to high school in 2012? And somebody to say, oh, Luke Armstrong, your dad got busted. (laughs) Your dad got busted. The funny part is the shit hit the fan in 2012. (laughs) But it's like, oh, your dad got busted. Your dad got busted. So fucking someone... Hey, someone... Hey, if anybody knows Luke Armstrong or follows Lance Armstrong's son... Let's fucking spam him with, hey, your dad got busted. It should have happened. It should have went down in 2012. But yeah, he was real arrogant about it, and he would use every opportunity he had to put himself in a light to where he wasn't using. Whatever public forum he had, he would say he wasn't using. But behind Armstrong's confident denials... So he'll have another quote coming up right here. Mouse game with the testers. He's talking to a reporter right here. Right now, on the record, for all of America... The world here. That reporter's so Have smoking hot. Have you ever used performance-enhancing drugs? Of course not. Never. Not, not once. Cycling has been criminalized and singled out. Lance Armstrong. He fucking said cycling has been criminalized and singled out. So he also, what a dick, dude. He also, like, tries to put the whole sport of cycling on his shoulders. Like, cycling has been yeah. criminalized and singled out. He's making it sound like, no, fucking Lance Armstrong, it's you. You're the dick doing yeah. steroids. You're the one who's treating people like shit, also. So we're going to single your yeah. ass out because you're the fucking one. <laughs> cycling. Cycling has been singled out every chance he got. There's also a speech he makes where he's like, people that don't believe in cycling, blah, blah, blah. We'll, well get to you that know, one later. It's, it's also like, uh, I don't know why it makes me think, but it's like, you know, we do need these rules because athletes are looked at. You can't say to be number one, you got to take steroids because then, you know, people out there might just start taking steroids and stuff. So he goes as far as... Um, putting up a countersuit uh, because he was accused of using steroids, uh, basically saying that it was costing his image and, every, and everything money and all that other good stuff. 
Anyway, in this countersuit that he would, that Lance Armstrong, he being Lance Armstrong, would pursue one of his homeboys, wives from the teams, uh, Betsy Andreu, Frankie Andreu, I think we brought him up earlier, uh, testified against his ass because, one, he was a dickhead, right? So she knew him as being just a jackass, and he was a bully to her husband. But sidebar here, this whole situation where the teammate's wife testifies against Lance Armstrong just makes the whole sport of cycling look like a bitch sport in the first place. Here's here's the thing. First of all, Frankie Andreu, motherfucker, one, you told your wife, complained to your wife about how you're being bullied by a 123-pound man named Lance Armstrong. You're a little bitch. Two, your wife goes and testifies against him instead of you speaking up for yourself. So you're a little bitch. The, the thing about it is this whole situation just makes the sport of cycling look terrible. Like, what kind of man can't stand up for himself in that situation where Lance Armstrong is bullying you? Come on, I will fucking snatch that fool up. Lance Armstrong, please come try to bully me. Please. Well, what kind of what kind of bullying though? Is like I'm gonna beat your ass bullying? Or is it like you won't be on this team bullying? It was it was the motherfucker you won't be on this team bullying. Like, hey, you need to take these steroids to be on this team. You know, you need to get mm-hmm. with the program was a quote that he would use constantly in regard to using steroids. Uh, he was just basically being a grade-A dick. And Frankie Adreyu and his wife, Betsy Adreyu, well, most importantly, Frankie Adreyu. I, I applaud Betsy Adreyu for actually stepping up and uh, give her a little golf clap. Stepping up to the – Yeah, stepping up to the to the table and actually pointing the finger at yeah. Lance Armstrong and saying, that dickhead is the one using drugs. Uh, but yeah, That's she what was, I like. I, I respect stepping up. You said it right. You know, when it's, it's a stepping up, the act of stepping up, you know. Yeah. So in a sense that like I admire that Lance stepped up to the plate and uh, was able to put his ass on the line by taking these drugs because he saw a way. <laughs> but at the same time, that means you're going to step up to some other consequences. And where's that at? Where's that at? Yeah. You know, Betsy Adreyu, as I said, Frankie Adreyu's wife would go on to talk about how she was in the same room when Lance Armstrong was discussing with Mr. Michel Ferrari the things that he was using. Uh, Lance Armstrong, he being Lance Armstrong, would admit to using EPO, testosterone, cortisone, HGH. And she did this all because Lance Armstrong was a dick to her husband. I mean, if that's one reason you're getting told on or you're getting in trouble because you're being a dick, then I believe you fucking deserve it. Mr. Dre probably just came home after a long day and just went straight to the fridge, like past his kid, was like, let me get this beer. beer. I can't, stop it! Why are you riding my ass, dude? Fucking Lance the, Lance the Trance Armstrong is like coming down on me, dude. Like, just leave me alone. I only need two more months and that's it. Like, I'm out of here, man. What do you think and that conversation looked, sounded like with his wife? So why, don't you go, why don't you go fucking let, why don't you go let him suck your dick? Why don't you go fucking, you know what yeah. Will he fucking have him cook you dinner? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, damn. He probably got home and he was like, like Betsy, Betsy, Lance, Lance told me today that I wasn't fast enough on my third stage trial practice, whatever it was. Lance, Lance told me today that I need to stay further to the back of the pack because my I'm not strong enough to be closer to the middle of the pack. I, Betsy, <laughs> Betsy, I need I need a massage. The steroid injection sites are getting really swollen. And she's like, well, God damn it, Frankie, don't you have balls enough to tell Lance that you don't want to take any of them steroid pills anymore? God damn it. Lance is just so mean. He's like talking to her on the phone when they're out in in, uh, France. Betsy, Lance is just so mean. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I just hate him. I don't know what to do. She's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking go throw his ass under the bus to the Federal Bureau of Investigators. Anyhow. Even though that all went down, Betsy Andreu testified against him. Lance 
was still dismissed of all charges and awarded $7.5 million in uh, punitive damages. Holy fuck. You get seven point. Yeah, I didn't get that part. I was like, so like... No he wonder why in, this guy... He, ass, but he, he ended up winning even more money. Yeah. Wow, what a guy. Well, no, he, he was the one who put up the suit. And he was oh, awarded, okay, got it. Awarded Out fucking $7.5 million. So yeah. he took that money, and in 2005, after their last victory, Lance Armstrong would conveniently retire. But that is exactly where shit hit the fan. So here's what yeah. happens. Lance retires in 2005. Floyd Landis, his backup, a guy that uh, would, would take the yellow jersey and actually win the Tour de France. But that's when everybody said, you know what, fucking something's shady going on here with that team. We're, we're going to test that guy. So they test Floyd Landis. He obviously fails the test. And he makes a comment that all of the substances found in his body were uh, of his own organism, which is weird to say, right? It's it's really weird to say. It's they 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 word things so so strange. I like, like how he said it, but you're right. Yeah. It's weird. I thought it was too. I was like, huh? It's my, my own, own organism. organism, and I was like, it, well, he sprinkled a little fucking something on top of that, there, buddy. Well, it's not saying that you didn't do it. He's saying it was of my own organism, right? Come on, like Lance Armstrong earlier when he was saying he would feel bad if if his son started high school and they said your dad got busted, right? So he, it's not an omission of guilt. He's not saying I'm not taking it, but he's saying I would feel bad if I got busted, right? That's so he doesn't, Dad, he doesn't feel deep. bad about the yeah. ethical part of it. He feels bad for his son if he gets fucking caught. And that's why he's a piece of shit. That's why he's a dick. That's why he'll always be a dick. Yeah, there's, no, there's no reparation for me in, in this case. Until the guy just flat out and comes out and admits that he's a dick and that he needs to change his ways, then maybe. But he hasn't even admitted to the fact that he's a dick, let alone the fact of all the steroid usage. So fuck you, Lance Armstrong, and fuck cycling. Send me an email. And, uh, hey, Lance, uh, you know, never thought anything bad about you, man. You keep up the great work. <laughs> no, fuck that guy and his little I, I mean, uh, I mean, butt I'm going to be $7.5 million to pay out to him. Let's listen to more of Lance Armstrong's uh, denials. This guy, this guy, I love <laughs> the way this guy lies. He lies with the best of them. Let's listen to more. We've got some more coming up right here. Lies Armstrong. Bonus money amid reports of him doping. Armstrong sues them. It was from a syringe mark. And soon his former teammates. It's an injectable. Friends. I would prefer not to be here at the deposition, yes. There's Frankie. Frankie and Andreu. Armstrong himself are testifying. <laughs> Hold on. Did you hear what he said? Frankie no, Andreu. Frankie Andreu said, I would prefer not to be here at this deposition. What a pussy. Dude. Oh, Frankie, is that? Oh, that? I bet the one part I missed when he was there, I thought he said, I. Because it kind of cut it. I thought he said, I'm so grateful to be here at this deposition. I <laughs> no, just I just brushed over he it. He said I would prefer Frankie and Dre. And I, I kind of see why we're here now. Like, if we're talking about Lance in that regard, I, I will say this. Like, I'll tag him on that. Like, yeah, dude, you did fucking straight up lie about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my numbers are astronomical. Nobody's ever done this. I'm the seven-time fucking all-world champion. And you need to listen to me. You put my shit in my shoes. If you start to get on that, if you start to get on that area, like, yo, yeah. hold on. Which is what they did say. They said he's like a, he's like a bully. Damn it, it. Dude, I'll take I love you bullies. Down. Bring me a bully. I don't give a shit about bullies. I ain't scared of fucking bullies. Bullies can exist. Let's let them exist. Let's have a world huh? where bullies exist. I'm not trying to get rid of them. I'm just trying to fuck with them. That's all. If you're a bully, I'm not bully the bullies, dude. If you're backing down from a bully, muscle up, Buttercup. All right, here's Lance Armstrong right here. Affirmatively, did not take. I know place. it did. How could it have taken place? 
when I've never taken performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Could that have happened? That was my <laughs> That's like the boyfriend going, I know, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I wasn't even there. How could I have been done anything with that girl if I wasn't even there? That's what I'm trying to tell you. She's like, you were there. I saw your car parked out front. I know, that's weird. How could my car have been there if I wasn't even there? That's weird. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What happened? Just want to clarify your statement. Just want to be clear. Because, you know, down the road, since what happened, he's like, I didn't take him, but I never said I wasn't there. <laughs> I think I saw them that's taking him. him. It's like the boyfriend going, I know, that's weird. My car was there, but I wasn't. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's so weird. How was my car there if I wasn't my even car there? Was there? She was like, I don't know. She's like, she Snapchatted you in her living room floor. I know, that's weird. How was I even in her living room when I wasn't even there? That's what I'm trying to tell you. How did that even happen? That's I'm asking the questions now here. I, I want to know what kind of weird know. stuff is going on. I, I need to know. That picture of me when I wasn't even there. <laughs> So we're talking about Floyd Landis. So he was actually, uh, Floyd Landis is actually found guilty and he's banned for two years from the sport. So he gets popped. Lance Armstrong doesn't. Obviously he wasn't as good of a liar. I think most, mostly, I don't think he was as connected as Lance Armstrong in that situation, which is why Floyd Landis got popped for steroid usage after he took the yellow jersey with the U.S. Postal Team. So yeah, Floyd Landis got uh, got busted. Two-year suspension. He works his ass to get back into sport. But when you get popped for steroids and cycling, it's like it's like the, the kiss of death. So I think that's kind of the case in most most situations. It's a kiss of death if you get caught for, for uh, cheating with steroids. It's kind of like baseball, which we can bring up a little bit later. But let's keep it rolling here. But in 2009, guess what happens? Good old dickhead prick liquor lance armstrong i had an email picture of lance like in his face like where he must have just crossed the finish line it was like grinting like yeah like he's like oh i caught this like he's just got your best lip ever face and i used to use it like we could do this team. I used to email to the team like every now and then, like, come on, we could do this or finish strong Friday. And he had his face. And then one time I sent it out and some fool was like, uh, some fool was like, oh man, this is a, he's a bad man. He took steroids. Are you saying like, like it just made me feel like, damn, maybe he's not a motivational guy. <laughs> not anymore. No, he's not. But in 2009, good old dickhead prick liquor Lance Armstrong announces, his, <laughs> announces his return to the sport of cycling like what steroids or yeah he announces his return he's like hey i've been uh stockpiling up all my epo blood i'm ready to make a fucking comeback i'm gonna take this sport by storm but but this is where the dickhead ways come back to bite him in the butt remember floyd landis let's remember that guy right he got popped well he wants to get his uh he wants to get back into the sport so he asked lance armstrong to join his team and lance armstrong says well I don't want to be associated with anybody who does steroids, so I can't let you back onto my team. <laughs> don't you think for uh, for someone that was like, hey, man, you got to take these drugs or else you're off the team. And then now he wants to get on the team and he's like, hey, you got caught for taking the drugs, so you're off the team. So Too there are a number of dick moves, but that ranks above the highest. And one of his probably... One of Lance Armstrong's most notable mistakes because Floyd Landis would say, well, fuck you then, dude. I'm going to the FBI. Floyd Landis filed a report with a gentleman named Travis Tigart. And USADA, the uh, United States Anti-Doping Agency, would launch oh, a full God. investigation where you would see, get this, 11, 11 of Lance Armstrong's teammates come forward and speak against him. Because why, say, say? 
Because he was a dick. Because he was a dick. You imagine that you get 11 of your people that you have cycled with. Like, what kind of an asshole do you think he was on the tour, dude? He would walk into the camper and he would say, did your wife make you that peanut butter sandwich for me to eat? All right, let me have that. He was probably like the fucking worst roommate. I mean, he'd probably like say that right there. Like, he probably just wouldn't even ask. He'd just eat the peanut butter and Joey's sandwich. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know. He probably, I thought you were going to say he just went in there and just like straight up crop dusted everybody. Like, pfft, like farted on everybody. <laughs> he was probably like, hey, guess what? Uh, we're all out of toilet paper. So I went ahead and used your guys' racing socks. So uh, fuck you guys. And that's you what know, I'm like that, that clean guy. booty hole. Actually, now I feel kind of robbed now. Now that you're making it seem like he's a dick, I feel like, you know what? I paid a premium on my cable bill to watch that shit, and I thought it was an honest competition. And I'm going to get reparations for this. Reparations. Travesty. Yeah, go sue him. Everybody else is suing him, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So in 2012, a full report is released. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2012, a full report is released by USADA, United States Anti-Drug Doping Agency. It's released, and it triggers a chain reaction that would be the downfall of Lance Armstrong. And the report would finger Lance as the ringleader, of course, as we discussed earlier. And it would also name him as the biggest dickhead on God's green earth. So Please have a soundbite for that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the funny thing. So after that, the 22nd of October. So that's the, the short timeline of the falling action. So the 22nd of October, he's stripped of his titles. So he's stripped of all his fucking yellow jerseys, his uh, Tour de France titles, so he's not honored anymore. He's banned from all sports. So he is banned from all sports. Like, if he's on a golf course, someone's got to run that motherfucker off the course. Like, if you see him trying to shoot hoops at a 24-hour fitness or at a local park, you got to go just bust that guy at the side of the head. Like, you're banned from sports, motherfucker. You can't play yeah, anywhere. Dude. He's such a dickhead. He, he not only got banned from cycling, but he's banned from any sport. Can't play anything. He probably can't play anything anyway, but the only thing he could do is ride a bike because he's a little bitch. Banned from all sports. He lost his Nike, Oakley, Trek sponsorships. Yo, but he could do the sponsors for steroids, though. The whole, the whole system he had was like he could be the poster child. Like. So Lance had to get his last stab in, and in 2013, this guy would sit in front of none other than Oprah fucking Winfrey and admit his usage of banned substances. And I have a piece of audio, surprisingly, right here to play for you. And you get a pad, and you get a pad. <laughs> you get a pad. Look under your seat. What do you got? HGH. Arms <laughs> <laughs> spent three hours with Oprah Winfrey today in what was described as an emotional interview. Some of his advisors were really against him going on Oprah. Um, some of them thought, you know, it was it was good maybe for his public image. Goes on Oprah. That January night, millions watch around the world as Oprah gets right to the point. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. But <laughs> that simple. Oprah just asked him, "Did you take banned substances?" Yes. That's that what happens. Great. That's what happens when you sit in Oprah's chair. So that's Lance Armstrong's story. But from that, the Livestrong Foundation disintegrated, the friendships he lost, and he has a public image that he will never fully recover from. Why? Because he was? A dick. <laughs> and I want to leave everybody uh, with this one lasting image of Lance Armstrong. While he was going through the whole investigation, he basically put up a Twitter post with him sitting or lounging on his little couch. Well, it wasn't a little couch, it's this huge couch. Empty, all but him kind of sitting in the corner or laying down in the corner. And above him, he has his seven yellow jerseys from the seven Tour de France's that he won. 
and the Twitter comment was, hey, what, did, what did the post say, Hector? I, I'm just lying around now, just <laughs> lying down, just lying, lying here, <laughs> watching Lionheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just about to pop in some Lion King. What do you like to do on the weekends? You know, I just like to lie around. Nephil lies around the house. Nephil lies around the house. Oh, man. Just relaxing. We're just lounging. So he's all by himself in that dark room or dimly lit room with his seven jerseys. But when you look at that and when you look at what he's left with, he was stripped of those jerseys. And he's truly just by himself. He's lonely. I don't even think he has Cheryl Crow with him. I think she fucking dipped out on him in the situation. Well, you know, the poor guy, dude. No, fuck that guy. He probably still has tons <laughs> of money. Anyway, I'm not hating. I'm just saying fuck that guy. What if you any, saw Lance Armstrong in a dark alley? <laughs> if I saw Lance Armstrong in a dark alley? And he's walking towards you and you're just walking out to go get like a cu- cup of coffee or something. I'm going to ask him where I could get some good EPO, dude. Oh, okay. Nah, you wouldn't ask for a selfie. I wouldn't even probably recognize him. Like, I'd probably just keep walking. Any uh, any closing words before we uh, before we push this episode into the annuals of Talking Some Muscle Lore? Man, this, this one was a tough one, man, because, like, I, I feel like I'm in a little bit of, like, I don't know why it was a moral dilemma. I'm not going to worry about it, but having to look at this guy and just, you know, obviously what, to me, what he did was lie and it cost him some titles to be stripped, but the truth prevails in the end. So, you know, what I was still more curious is, I was like, who's the best damn writer? Like, what's up with the athletic competition now? Like, how, how, how can I tell who's the best? Like, you know, he, whether he, uh, you know, nobody beat him that year, that's for sure. He came to number one. That's what you could say. He could, damn, dude, what are we left with? A big mess? Like, thanks a lot, Lance. Like, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? You know, because uh, steroids the bad guy in this one, you know? Yeah. I, I think for the most part, I fall back on the philosophy that if you're going to use, don't enter yourself into a competition that says that you agree to not use because you're falsifying your fucking intent. Um, yeah. And you're pretty much taking advantage of people that are moving forward with a certain level of integrity in their craft. But if you're going to enter that situation, just know you're fucking cheating and know if you get caught, it's going to be big, big consequences and repercussions. And I think Lance Armstrong knew that, which is why he was so worried about getting caught, which is why he made all those comments about, I don't want my son to be known as, hey, your dad got busted. Well, guess what? Little Luke motherfucking Armstrong, you're the guy whose dad got busted. So I'm going to leave everybody with a little cut of all of Lance Armstrong's greatest hits. And it goes a little something like this. Everybody wants to know what I'm on. What am I on? I'm on my bike, busting my ass six hours a day. What are you on? I wonder if you know that I know he's lying right now. <laughs> oh, you got the new Margellas? <laughs> I have everything I need. I have money, I have contracts, I have a family, I have... Do you think I want my son to go to high school in 2012 and somebody to say, oh, Luke Armstrong, your dad got busted. Right now, on the record, for all of America, the world to hear, 
Have you ever used performance-enhancing drugs? Of course not. Never. Never. Not once. Cycling has been criminalized and singled out. I've never taken performance-enhancing drugs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know you like. I've never taken performance-enhancing drugs. And you know that I know. I've never taken performance-enhancing drugs. Tired of these allegations, and we're going to do everything we can. Uh, to fight them. They're absolutely untrue. Uh, we filed action in England. We filed action in France uh, against everybody involved. And enough is enough. I've never taken performance against the drugs. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry you can't dream big. And I'm sorry you don't believe in miracles. Of course not. Never. Not once. Your dad got busted. Your dad got busted. Your dad got busted. Your dad got busted. Do you think I want my son to go to high school in 2012 and somebody to say, oh, Luke Armstrong, your dad got busted. Your dad got busted. I have money. You dick. I have money. You dick. I have money. You dick. I love when you lie like that. So I'ma keep like that. Strong spent three hours with Oprah Winfrey today in what was described as an emotional interview. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. So that's your boy Lance Armstrong, man. Farewell and good riddance. I guess a big middle finger. Yeah, you're a dick. All right, so. The cycle of life. Yeah all right so i'm really excited about next week's episode and i want everybody to come back because we are going from this week's zero to next week's hero we're gonna do a whole episode on the one and only legendary eddie aikau a hawaiian hero that was not only a professional surfer that brought together different cultures in a time where not everybody was too willing to accept the local presence on the hawaiian islands due to the growth of tourism in hawaii just want to leave you with a little tidbit on him. In the time that he was a lifeguard there, he saved over 500 people from drowning and no one died on his watch. So it's a tremendous story. It's a harrowing tale of one Eddie Aikau. We're going to cover that next week. Say, say, you got anything else you want to add to today's episode? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, you know. Sometimes you got to, uh, you know, fall in the line and play by the rules, dog. Especially if you want to be a real hero. Uh, well, thank you, Seisei, for doing this today. I appreciate your presence. You're always a joy. I thank you for the opportunity for all the hard work you did and dedication that you put in there to editing the episode. <laughs> Just because, you know, I, I know you try to tone it down because I, I do cuss a lot. So No, we're not yeah. toning it down anymore. We also want to thank our listeners, and we also want to say, hey, send us a fucking email to talkinsomemuscle at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-I-N. S-O-M-E at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you need us to re-rack something or if you need us to muscle up Buttercup, send us an email. We got thick skin. We can handle it. Uh, but join us next week. It's an episode that will 
not only lift your spirits and motivate you to put some action behind your muscle, um, but it's also going to just give you a good idea on what the human spirit is all about. So yeah, come back next week. Remember everybody, if you're going to cheat, don't be a dick. And if you don't got it, don't show it. Tell you what Melvin Toast is packing right here. I've got 411 Posi Track out back, 750 double pumper, Edelbrock intakes, Ford over 30, 11 to 1 pop up pistons, turbojet 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking muscle.